Ooh, hey, what's up, everybody? This is John Grimion, anime voice actor. You may know me as the voice of Hawkeye Mihawk, swordsman from One Piece, old gentle criminal from My Hero Academia, actual seven. And you are listening to the Trap Anime Podcast. Okay, cool. so um, have you been watching uh, uh, any good anime lately? <clears throat> you know, I'm, I'm, I'm up on My Hero. I watched My Hero. I started binging it a long time ago when I heard about what a good anime was and how popular it was. And before I auditioned for it, I started binge-watching it. So I'm caught up. I'm all caught up on season six of the dubs. Okay, so you seen the latest episode then? Yes, I have. God, that was that was an awesome episode. Uh, for oh, those... man, it's, it's, it's getting pretty crazy in season six. Oh, yeah. Oh, it had... yeah. So, uh, how did you, uh, so how did you get into the voice of uh, Gentle Criminal? <clears throat> Excuse me. Well... Um, when uh, a few years ago, it was well, it was actually three years ago. Um, my hero was in season three or four, no, three, season three, I think. And when I heard about what a popular show it was and how so many people, so many characters, and so many interesting voice possibilities, I, um, Colleen Klinkenbeard, who plays Momo Yayarosa, and she's also the amazing uh, ADR director for the show, mm-hmm. she had directed me a long time ago at Funimation in Black Butler. And um, I actually played a British guy in Black Butler, too. So it's kind of typecasting. It's weird with her. I'd always do a British guy. Yeah. But I uh, sent her an email and I said, hey, long time no see. I haven't recorded a lot of stuff at Funimation in a long time. But my hero sounds amazing. And I want to throw my name in the hat. If you think of any characters who you might think I might be good for, uh, shoot me an audition. And she did. That's how it got started. Uh, That's cool. And then I auditioned for it. I took a look at the character, the sides of the character. And I saw him with his mustache and his tea, and I said, this guy's got to be British. <laughs> and so I asked her about it. She said, why don't you audition for British and American at the same time? Send me both of those auditions. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and I, kind of, I said, okay. So, And it was such a big show that I was pretty – I actually was the first time I was kind of nervous about an audition. I was kind of pacing the floor after about a week. I hadn't heard anything. <laughs> I said, man, I hope I get this. I was, it was like waiting for, the, waiting for the high school to put up who got in the musical, you know? <laughs> and um, and then she emailed me one morning, and I was I was thrilled. I got it. So we recorded six episodes. And what's funny is that the first three episodes were three years ago, right before COVID shut everything down, and we had lockdowns. Mm-hmm. And the last three the last three episodes I had to record from my closet upstairs. Oh wow! Because Funimation shut their studios down, and they had to keep recording. So everybody was recording at their house. Oh okay. Interesting. I bet that was an ordeal. I think in today's uh, time, it's pretty uh, probably more streamlined that way. Probably made it a lot more easier. You have to go into work and stuff, but you probably have to buy like a lot yeah. of equipment. You bet. Yeah, get your own studio equipment and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, like that's what I mean. Like an or- by an ordeal, like okay. the, the setting up, the, having the space, the room, making sure that the acoustics and sound and everything is. Oh yeah, what absolutely. You need. Absolutely. And they, they helped a lot of actors do that who didn't have those setups. They sent them kits in the mail. Mm-hmm. Uh, Funimation really stepped up when, when COVID hit because they, they had to shut it down. That's great for them, guys. I'm glad they, they were able to yeah. do that and accommodate everyone in such a great way. So um, did you grow up uh, watching anime or did you were you a late bloomer watching anime? <clears throat> you know, uh, anime and anime specifically, as we know it today, yeah, I was a late bloomer in that. I don't watch a lot of actual anime. I've watched a few of the series that I've been in, um, but and some of them just out of interest. But 
there's so little time in the day. There's so much anime and so little time. There when is. I was growing up, I was a kid in the 70s and I watched Speed Racer and I watched all the Looney Tunes, the Bugs Bunny cartoons and stuff like that. The only anime I watched was anime that you could classify as anime with Speed Racer and things like that. Um, so when I was when I started doing anime voice acting, I wasn't into anime very much. Uh, it was anime was, you know, it was the late 90s. So anime was very um, was kind of a nerd sitting in the corner so to speak, compared to what it is today. It's so much more mainstream and much more popular. Right. And ADV, ADV Films was the first company that I started working for. And when I heard about their auditions they were having, it was because they were lucky around the late 90s to be doing maybe a couple titles a month. And there were only a couple of uh, anime conventions every month. And they were probably somewhere in a warehouse or a gymnasium or something like that. It wasn't a very big deal. Right. And they needed more. They needed more actors mm. because they were started to get more licensing to do more shows, and they were taking off. And they started to put out help wanted ads in the paper for we need actors to do anime voice acting. Okay. And so a lot of this, a lot of Houston actors, stage. I'm a stage kid. You know, I was I was doing school plays growing up, and always been an actor. And so I hadn't done a lot of commercials or corporate video or a lot of voice acting, but that was. Uh, getting in kind of on the ground floor at ADV. A lot of Houston actors, if you come to the Houston, if you come to Houston and you go see a lot of theater, chances are you're going to see in the programs that a lot of the actors on stage have some anime on their, on their, uh, their rap sheet, so to speak. Okay. So a lot of us got in on that in the late nineties and then it just started taking off in the two thousands, et cetera. And now here we are today. <laughs> okay, cool. And Pretty here nice. we go. Our latest trap card face down. This is the real anime podcast. We bring trap to the anime, and I am Token Day. I am Strong Arm. This is the Trap Anime. With anime and rap, my arms stay strong. Grabbing tokens while I lap. Say gone when I snap. I don't get when I tap. If you're looking for some trap animating, here's your map. We always in the trap. With anime and rap, my arms stay strong. Grabbing tokens while I lap. Say gone when I snap. I don't get when I tap. If you're looking for some trap animating, here's your map. Here's your map. Here's your map. Here's your map. Hmm. You gotta wait a little bit because we got this commercial break about to come up. So uh, hold your horses, bitch. Strong arm here with another great product. These hands. Got somebody getting on your nerves? Always in your face talking about anime is for kids. Don't you wish you could get rid of them? Well, I have the solution. These hands. With these hands, you will never be bothered again. And the best part is, it's all free, baby. That's right, free. These hands is a great product and ready to eat for everyone. Or call 1-800-555-HANDS. That's 1-800-555-HANDS to get these hands today.
Welcome to Trap Anime, everyone. My name is Strongarm. And I am Mrs. Strongarm. And we are here today with a very, very special guest today. His name is John Gramillion. <laughs> he is the voice of none other than Gentle Criminal from My Hero Academia and best known as Drake from uh, Drake called Meekhawk from One Piece. John Gramillion is a stage actor. He's a he's been in film and voice. He's a film and voice actor that's been working in the industry for over 20 years now. He's a native Houstonian, and John has performed in such companies uh, as the Queenberry Theater, uh, the Castropic Theater, the Fourth Wall, uh, all kinds of different stuff. And he also um, does a lot of uh, voice acting for ADV Films, Funimation. Oak, Okratron, sense of film work, notable credits also in, include uh, Roland Chappelle from Food Wars, Arthur Randall and Black Butler, and the list goes on. The man is, is talented, you guys. So everybody, <laughs> so everybody, give a round of applause for John. You're too, you're too kind. Thanks for having me. I'm glad to be here. <laughs> no problem. I had to have you on here because you're part of one of my favorite shows. My favorite show in the world is is a uh, One Piece right now. Cause it's, really, it's... you've got some spare time on your hands. <laughs> <laughs> I, I wouldn't even say I got spare time. It's one of those things where it just you've snowballed. You got time to watch that show. You've got a little. Bit of time. <laughs> it's one of those things that just snowballed. I say about matter of fact, I started watching it maybe five years ago or so and wow okay yeah and uh we, yeah I've, I've been recording mihawk since 2007. <laughs> yeah we started watching a long about, time we started watching about maybe five years ago and we binge watched it all the way for about yeah, for about did. six or seven months and then finally got got to the point to where we to where we're caught up now and we're just official straw hat hats now <laughs> and i have a so you're, all, you're all caught up that's fantastic well you know it's it's really cool that anime and One Piece specifically, I think, kind of had a little bit of a resurgence during the pandemic. A lot of people were home during the lockdown and said, well, here's a big long anime I can binge watch. And started getting into it. That and a lot of other series, I think. So, um, uh, so what was your first um, voice uh, voiceover? My first voiceover ever, like in a in any like a commercial or anything else. Gosh, that's a good question. I, I just did some little commercials for a local club here in town, a nightclub. Needed mm -hmm. um, needed to do some commercials for uh, it was like a dance club that people went to. Mm -hmm. And a friend of mine was a DJ there, and he said, "Hey, man, come to the studio. We're going to do some voices for uh, for this for these commercials." And we just got paid like fifty bucks. You know, nothing. I didn't know that voiceover could be a a lucrative industry back then or a good job to have if you're um good work if you can get it i wasn't really into that it was kind of the early 90s late 80s okay and that was probably the first time that ever that i ever did some professional voiceover work and then i went to film school and graduated and got my degree in the mid 90s and i'm a video editor so i went you know took my film school skills and became a video editor and i've been doing that as long as i've been a voice actor but then um, in the late 90s, 98, 99, a lot of Houston actors read the want ads from from uh, ADV Films, which is now Sentai, because they were getting more licensing for anime and they needed more actors to do uh, for all these new titles they were doing. They had no, they had very few uh, people in there on their roster to do all these characters they needed to be voiced in titles like Evangelion and Golden Boy. And, <clears throat> bubblegum crisis and the desco and 
things like that. They Dirty Pair, they had a lot of stuff going on. Uh -huh. So they had a lot of us come up there and audition, and that's how that got started. So what was your first big major role? What, what was the role that you landed and you was like, oh yeah, I made it? <laughs> I like made I it with Bubblegum Christ. That was in 1999, and I played Nigel Kirkland. He was the... Uh, he was the uh, Bubblegum Crisis 2040 specifically, and he was the, the mechanic who helped all the uh, the four young ladies who were the night savers uh, in that show. They were the crime fighting crew and um, taking care of the bad guys. And so I was helping them out. That was my first big role. Then we had Nadesco where I played a guy named Admiral Munitaki. He was kind of a bad guy, kind of a jerk. Uh -huh. And um, started doing some shows like that. What's What are some other good ones we did back then? Princess Nine. And um, ADV, ADV had a lot of cool titles back then. Excel Saga and Cromartie High School and DN Angel and things like that. We started to do a lot of those shows. Once, um, yeah, but Nigel was my first one. That was my first foot in the door. Okay, nice. Right. Um, so what, what, what character do you enjoy uh, voicing the most? probably gentle criminal and that's not it's not just because he's in my hero and i'm not just saying that he really is my favorite character i've voiced probably my whole career okay he's the best i think he's the, that is a really well written show it's really deep and every character there are so many characters but they're all very three-dimensional characters mm -hmm. right and just when you think you've heard everything from them you you see them again they get a new episode they get a comeback they get something else going on or you can delve into their past i mean this show is really well written because there's so many different directions that the writers can go in telling that story and they're still still going strong it's getting pretty crazy but he's my favorite character because he's comic relief mm -hmm. but he's actually got a very serious backstory and um He's British, which is great because it's always fun to do a British accent. It's always fun to do accents that are, of any kind at all. I enjoy that a lot. Right. And um, and he's he's got he's got integrity. I like his character. I like who he is as a person. He's very well written, so I'm, I enjoy him a lot. Okay. How um how did you get into the uh, mind frame of general general criminal? Well, that's interesting. Um. When we, when Colleen and I talked about it, when I was first doing the role, we talked about who is this guy and, and what's his what's his whole uh, what's his backstory? What do you think he's like? And I watched, I was able to watch the subtitled uh, episodes of the shows before I had to go into the studio to record the English dub. And you don't always get to do that. A long time ago, you didn't do that at all. I would go into ADV and. You didn't know what show you were in. You didn't know what character it was. You didn't know anything about the story. You just kind of had to go in cold. Really? That happens a lot when you record anime. But these days, when you do simul dubs, and we're trying to release the dub version very close to when the Japanese uh, uh -huh. version comes out, the subtitled version, you can watch them online at home and then go into the studio and record the English dub. So it gives you more preparation work. You know what I mean? That's interesting. And so that helps get it. Yeah, yeah. Because I was character. I was just thinking um cuz back in the day um the sub would be out for months on time on end. Yeah, and sure, sure, but if you if you got a phone call to go in, you usually, you know, unless you went out and got the VHS tape because <laughs> it used to be on VHS. Right. Um unless you went out and got it and watched you know you didn't but right now i can pop my computer up and say oh where can i find it i can find it immediately so it's a lot easier to do the prep work. okay yeah so <laughs> yeah. it makes it a little bit line. easier okay 
Exactly, exactly. But um, what were we just talking about? The um, <coughs> getting into the mind character, frame. We we talked about him and like who is this guy? And it was really interesting because he's somebody who has uh, you know spoiler alert, but he's got a, a pretty dark backstory. And you don't know that until you get pretty deep into his arc. At first, he just seems like comic relief. Like, who's this goofy guy? A lot of people were saying, man, who are these YouTube guys, these characters, La Brava and Gentle, who are um, just, you know, uh, social media stars who are doing stuff. They're not really hurting anybody. They're not really committing any crimes. What's going on here? And that was in the middle of season four, right after this really intense arc with Overhaul, etc. And so people were a little confused by that. And some people didn't like it very much. They said, okay, this is filler. It's kind of a waste of time. And I totally disagree because when we talked about him, if you look deep into him, he's a guy who never was able to make it. He didn't make it as a hero. He kept failing his classes. And so it speaks to a lot of people out there who try to do things and, and don't and can't achieve their dreams. We all have times in our lives where we kind of fall down and mm -hmm. have to try again and pick ourselves up. Right. Right. So it, he was very he was a very relatable character. And then we decided, well, he failed and then when he then he tried to save someone and someone got very badly injured and society was the, the whole the whole you know uh, all of Japan was angry at him it was a big scandal and when he needed people the most everybody turned on him and even his family kicked him out so he had no one he was he was um, rejected by everyone and instead of becoming where most people would just be filled with rage and then become villains and be angry and never get over their anger he was never able to be a bad person even mm -hmm. when he became a villain he decided i'm i can't be a bad person he's too good a man deep down mm -hmm. which is really i think is pretty fascinating right and what i also think is really fascinating about him is that i don't think it's an accident that he's on social media on youtube trying to be a different person because how many people do you know who try to use social media to kind of boost their standing and get likes and uh you know cause drama or you know there's a lot of stuff that goes on on social media that a lot of it's cool but some of it isn't cool some of it's kind of unhealthy it's like i i need to be someone else in order to be somebody i can't be myself you know what i mean i got to be somebody else i got to be a persona so he's this whole persona of a british gentleman and that's not really who he is at all. He's right. trying to be somebody else because he doesn't think he can succeed in life as himself. There's too much pain there. And that's really pretty deep. So he's such a fully fleshed out character. And that that makes him very interesting to play. So we talked to Colleen and I talked about all of that stuff when we were when we were in the studio about who he really is deep down and who he's pretending to be, right? So I enjoyed that a lot. I enjoyed that process because that was that was um, that was deeper acting work for me. Deeper work as an actor and not just as a voice actor. But well, of course, any voice actor will tell you that it's it's not really about the voice. It's more about the acting. So the better a show's written, the deeper you can go and the better your performance will be. And you know, I can really feel your um, emotion into the character too when I watched it too, because mm -hmm. we watched it the other day, and I was like, you know, he's he's he has a really um, emotional state towards um, uh, what's the other character name? Uh, Labrava. Labrava. Yeah, yeah, and big time. And then like you you really put the emotion into your acting and the voicing of his character, and it really brought it out very well. Yeah. Thank you very much. Yeah, but I love playing him. And you know, 
Labrava is somebody who he was. She was the first person to kind of accept him and say, "I'm going to help you out. I've got your back." And so that's why they have such a good. And he helped her as well. She was at the end of her rope, and she said, "Hey, this is somebody that I can relate to and who can maybe help me out." So I think they have a good. It's a it's a very interesting、uh, partnership they have. <laughs> yeah. Um, your work in、uh, Food Wars as、uh, the chef、uh, Ronald Roland, yeah, Ronald Chappelle. How did how did that come about? <laughs> I love. Food well,、Wars. that came about because I'm French Cajun, and I do accents, and my whole extended family is from Louisiana, so we're all French Cajun. And so Kyle Jones, the director, knew that I could do a French accent, <laughs> and that's pretty much that's pretty much what landed me the role. So he said, "Come on in and be a French guy." I'm like, "Great." Do it. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, we fired it up, and that's a super fun show. Yeah. I wish he hung around more. He was only in like season one. He showed up a little bit in season two. Right. He but he's like、too. a French. He's like the French Gordon Ramsay. So I said, <laughs> this is going to be fun, and I enjoyed doing him a lot. Yeah, th- that show was very interesting to me. It was one of those shows where it was like, oh, I can't have the kids up while I'm watching this, but it's very, <laughs> but it's, but at the same time, it was very interesting because I love to cook. So, so watching the、uh, oh yeah, well you. So watching food was was just something that was very lovely. Have you、yeah. made any of the recipes in the show? Because they're all real. I thought about it, but some of them were so. <laughs> <laughs> they're intricate. They're, they're intri- real. They're real. Yeah, they're <laughs> so it's like, like, like ready. Yes, they are. They definitely are. But they're delicious. <laughs> Have you ever tried <laughs> one of them? That's the that's the other thing about us. I don't I don't cook. I, I'm I'm embarrassed to say I'm not a good cook. Okay. <laughs> I wish I was, but so the French part was real, but not the cooking part. <laughs> <laughs> well, we all have our talents. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so um, let's see. Uh, so Drake Drake Olmihot. Yes, sir. That character. How did that character come、yep. about? Well. That was really fun because, like I said, in 2007, that was the first time I I、uh, got the call from Mike McFarland at Funimation, which is now Crunchyroll.、Mm-hmm. Mike,、uh, who's still working there,、um, he's a he's the guy that I met from Funimation. When I heard about Funimation,、uh, I had not worked for them before, but a lot of ADV actors were talking about. There's another studio in Fort Worth called Funimation, and they're doing some really cool titles and. So I wanted to get in there and talk to somebody. So somebody said, "Why don't you?" Somebody introduced me to Mike, and then he got me a couple of.、Um, he had me audition for him over the phone. After I sent him a demo reel, I edited together a reel of stuff I've done at ADV, and he said, "Okay, well you've got some range. Let's let's audition you for a role." I was in a show called Galaxy Railways,、mm-hmm. and I did a show called Basilisk and、uh, Trinity Blood. And One Piece came along somewhere around that time in 2007, a couple years after I met Mike. He just called me, and there, I didn't audition for Mihawk. He just said, "Come on in and, and, and read for this guy. I want you. I want to give you this role." So, other studios had done One Piece. There,、uh, the Funimation is not the only studio. I think、uh, Four Kids, if I'm correct, right as well. Correct. Did the One Piece. So I think the guy. There was one studio. I think there's maybe two studios other than Funimation that did One Piece, or have done a version of it. And Mihawk was a Frenchman in one of them, and I said, "No, he's not." And I didn't want to make him a Spaniard necessarily, like a Nico Montoya from Princess Bride or anything、mm-hmm. like that. So I said, "What voice can I give this guy?" 
And I thought about it in the studio and I'd just seen a Harry Potter movie. And I thought about Alan Rickman because Alan Rickman is Snape is so, he's like a snake, he's so sly. And mm. He's talking like that, I can't do an imitation of him, but I just started talking like that. And then I took away the British and then I kept it kind of more in my nose and kept it very sly, like he's a snake, kind of above it all and very confident. And that became Mihawk's voice. Okay. So I said, how about that? He said, great, no problem. So we went with that. He said, it work. <laughs> nice. Yeah. So was was it difficult um, getting getting there? No, not really. Uh, we just tried a couple things with it, and then I, I just decided that that when I saw his face, I just saw he's he's always such a confident guy. He's overly confident. Like very. Um, <laughs> he shows up every eighteen months or so and goes, "Hello, I'm a badass. Goodbye." And, you know, takes off, beats <laughs> everybody. So I said, yeah, "He's got to have some kind of just very. He's very over it. You know, nothing really bothers him." So with that in mind, that voice just kind of worked for him. I just, you know, he sits back and looks at the world and goes, oh, yes, what a, what a bother, you know. And th so I, I, like, I like that about him, and I love playing that part of that. I love playing the character that way. He doesn't raise his voice very often. He doesn't have to. It's all in his power. So um, uh, that's a good thing about being a voice actor is that you don't have to be anything like those characters. You don't have to look like them. <laughs> I mean, I can't look like Mihawk if I tried. And right. If he handed me his sword, I'd probably fall over and break my back. So it, it's very, you just got to show up and add the voice to it, which is a really, really fun part of, Mihawk's a great example of how much fun it is to be a voice actor because you can just provide one layer of the character being the voice and the rest of it is kind of done for you in all the animation. And that's part of the fun of it is because you can just get into a role that is a complete fantasy, completely different from who you are as a person, and just enjoy it. It's kind of like it's it's like playing pretend. Yeah, it's like you're a kid again, right, in the studio, and that's that role is a great example of that. Okay, kind of like when you're uh like you reading to the to the kids for bedtime story, you you make the voices <laughs> and stuff like that. That's exactly kind of right. like that. That's exactly right. <laughs> so growing up, did you uh, do a lot of uh, imitation and impersonations of? Yes. Yes, I was I was the kid and I was a class clown doing impressions and I was doing um, impersonating either people on TV or at school. I would get in trouble because I could imitate the teacher or I could imitate the faculty at my school. Yeah. So uh, hopefully they never, you know, I hope they never found out about it. <laughs> a couple of them did get in trouble because they want to hear their voice and you're like, uh oh, I'm in trouble. <laughs> so yes, I did. I did a lot of that. I did a lot of that. I was kind of known for that. Or if I was in the school play, I was the British guy or the Irish guy or the you know somebody with an accent they would they would pull me in um i did a lot of that uh so and i did a lot of sketch comedy with my friends and and i liked monty python growing up and and uh, mm -hmm. you know i was i was i was big into all the sketch comedy and on saturday night live i mean i was i was a big nerd for all that stuff definitely <laughs> and it helped me a lot in not just not just as i said you know it's more about the acting than about the voice Everybody who talks to me about, or other voice actors about, how do you become a voice actor and how do you get into it? A lot of people want to do, want to try voice acting. They think it would be a lot of fun and a real adventure. And I say, well, it's all about acting. And some people don't want to hear that because they just want to be able to do voices and just have a good time. But you've really got to go into the studio having some good acting skills and some good improvisation skills. Because when you, like when you do a stage play, 
you are meeting the cast and you meet the director and you all get the script and you get to know the show really well and you do table reads and then you do rehearsals for weeks mm -hmm. and then you perform it and if you don't do well on Friday night you can get it better on Saturday night you can keep shaping it you know forming it as you do a play mm -hmm. um, and you've got an audience the whole time you get a reaction from the audience and there's this energy in the room when you go into an anime recording booth you're by yourself you're not with any of the other actors <clears throat> and you keep you do the lot you have to match the lip flaps while you watch the animation while yeah. you're also reading the script on the on the that you haven't memorized so you're you're looking at lines that you haven't memorized that you're looking at for the first time <laughs> and saying them with emotion while you're matching lip flaps and trying to make it real right so you're juggling a lot of different stuff at the same time and it's not a very it's not like anything like real life like real life interaction or being on stage mm -hmm. so the more the more you are able to improvise and the more confident you are as an actor the less you have to worry about and the less you have to juggle on the fly and you can just focus on what is going to make that anime that, that make that work for you if that makes any sense mm -hmm. so i always tell people if you want to be a voice actor especially if you want to do anime take acting classes take improvisation classes do as much as you can to get your creative juices flowing so that you can pull something you've got a big bag of tricks right you can always say hey i can try this i can try that i've, I've the more experience you have with it the better are you with it the better you are at it of course okay um so i think that that's what i would that's what i always try to encourage people is to do more acting okay and the voice is kind of the icing on the cake <laughs> <laughs> right okay um oh um so um if you could be on um any other uh anime show right now what would it be <laughs> gosh uh trigun i hear is pretty cool oh uh, yeah the, the, the latest trigun that they're yeah they're getting trigun back on the air um <laughs> let's see right now what am i doing right now uh, there, there's some, there's a show on crunchyroll called buddy daddies and I'm, I'm i'm casting that show right now which is um i'm playing a bad guy uh one of the baddies with a gun and let's see we just started doing a show called reincarnated as a sword mm -hmm. at sentai and I, I get to do a scottish accent which is great because i haven't done it yeah i've done maybe <laughs> one of them in 25 years you um, said reincarnated as a sword that's super, reincarnated as a sword what is that about so it's like a fantasy it's a fantasy show um <laughs> this 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 uh guy is guy passes away he comes back as a sword and he's the sword of a uh of a young girl who's got a lot of badass talent and taking on the bad guys in this fantasy world and so i'm one of the i'm like gimli in uh, lord of the rings i'm a short bearded uh <laughs> warrior warrior guy with a scottish accent yeah. he didn't have a scottish accent until we went in there i said let's let's make him scottish i'll have more fun um <laughs> but there's a there's a show let's see well attack on titan would have been really cool i'm not in that show i, I played a very small role in, in one of the episodes of attack on titan but that was it but that would be an intense show to do yeah. um i don't know what's coming up um a couple things i can't talk about because you know we haven't nailed them down yet mm -hmm. but um but those shows are really i think trigon would be a lot of fun i think it would be too and if they bring me back in my hero i'm all over it <laughs> so you're from uh houston right Yep, born and raised. I was born in Pasadena and grew up in the surrounding areas and in Houston all my life. 
and I'm still here. I went to college everywhere else. I went to study acting in New York, and then I went to film school in Austin. And uh, Houston was where family was and where the work was, and it's where the anime turned out to be too. So I stuck around. That's cool. My uh, family's from the port. Oh, cool. Yeah, my parents live about three miles away, so it's not bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we used that, to, we yeah, actually uh, went to uh, school at Texas Southern in uh, Houston, so that's how being oh, very nice. That's how that's we met. met. Yeah. At TSU. <laughs> yeah, uh -huh. at TSU. Oh, very nice. <laughs> Third War, Houston, Texas. Cool. <laughs> but yeah, um, so um, when it comes to um, getting the uh, getting the voice right, how how yeah. how 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 does that work? Well, it, it it depends on the show. You know, it just depends on the show and on the moment. There have been there have been um sometimes the director knows exactly what they want to hear and sometimes they want to they want to match as best they can the mood of who the japanese of what the japanese actor did and sometimes they want to give you a little more freedom with it so I've, Mihawk, I've, like i said was a very different kind of a thing we just tried some stuff with it until we liked it um gentle was was obvious because i was going to make him british so it's it's just a very sophisticated classy british guy mm -hmm. so that was easy um I've had other times where I go into the studio and I first the first thing I do is I always listen to the Japanese actor because that's who they originally cast mm -hmm. in Japan and they did that for a reason. So usually you want to try to honor that if you can. Right. Um, but you've all but some of the directors want to want to go a little bit differently. They want to say, okay, we you know try to give it your own flavor because you have to if you just do an imitation, it may not sound as real coming out of you because if you have to stick to well this doesn't really sound like me this wouldn't naturally come out of me mm -hmm. um if i'm saying these lines then you might want to take it a little differently you might want to relax it a little bit and just just stick with more let the voice come out of you more naturally usually your cast mo most of the time you're cast because they know how your voice naturally sounds and they think it's going to like i've got a deeper voice i've got a baritone voice Mm -hmm. So I don't really play the young teenager who's going to, you know, help save the world. I'm right. usually the cop or the dad or the cop's dad or the, you know, um, I've played a lot of uh, characters who run the evil corporation mm -hmm. and or the politician or somebody who's like evil. Yeah. So they usually think of me. The directors usually think of me when they think of those deeper voice guys. So when I go into the studio, if the director knows me, He's not going to put me in something that's going to be such a stretch for my voice that it's going to—it's not going to sound very natural, and it's not going to work for the character. And the directors are pretty—I uh, I don't envy the directors because they have—they know so many actors these days, and there's so many different characters to fill. Right. And it's such work to, to fill them correctly that they have to kind of go, okay, look, who are our deep voice guys? Well, there's John, there's this guy, there's this guy, and. So I, you don't normally get voices, get cast in roles that are drastically different from your the timbre and the, the, the vibe of your own voice. You know what I mean? So most of the time, so, would you say that they um, that they have like their own circle of people that they pull from all the time? Right. Usually, yes. Okay. So it's, it's more of like kind of yeah. in order to get in there, you kind of got to yeah. get in that circle. Well, you know, not really. Yes and no. I mean, it's it doesn't it doesn't hurt. I don't want to say that across the board because number one, I don't work there. I don't work in that capacity at the studio, so I don't know. But I'm not really qualified to answer that. But 
but I know that some of it is has to do with certainly the more work you've done, the more familiar you are with the directors and, 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 who, and if they know who you are, then the more likely it is that you'll get a role, get more roles down the, in, down the line, especially if you've done right. a good job. You also have to do a good job and, and be good to work with and et cetera. Mm-hmm. But um, the, the, that, that circle keeps expanding. I mean, there's, there's a, the more popular anime gets and the more people are into it, the more shows get written, the more characters there are. It never hurts to have a bigger and bigger pool of talent to pull from. Right. And I think that the pandemic did did a lot to do with that because also it opened up new opportunities to cast people who could do remote recording and they don't have to necessarily have to live in the state of Texas. Right. Even though about sixty percent of dubs happen in Texas. Right. <laughs> um, so people from California and New York and Chicago and different places can can certainly get their get their foot in the door as well. Um, but I think, absolutely, over the years, the talent circle has expanded. Has expanded, uh, for sure. And you never know. Sometimes directors go to see plays, and I know a couple of directors that since I have gone to see some plays, and they hear somebody's voice, and they've never met them before, and they go, "Wow, they've got a really interesting voice. Let's audition them." Okay. Um, or, uh, you know, I'm sure they get submissions all the time of different voiceover demo reels from people on uh, through email and, and etc. And sometimes they hear demos that they like and they pull those people in. So it kind of runs the gamut. It's it's not necessarily just one circle of people. It's it's certainly there's other opportunities, but you never know how it works. You never know how it's gonna. There's no one answer to how do you become a voice actor or get into the business, mm-hmm. because different people have done it in several different kinds of ways. Okay. Um, so, uh, let's see. One more question. Um, so, when it comes mm-hmm. to uh, dubbing, uh, do you guys sometimes have to like change the words in order for it to match the lips, the lips, or or to make it make yeah. more sense in English? Yeah. yeah, definitely. You definitely run into a situation where uh, sometimes I've done I've done scripts that are so beautifully translated, and the uh, the translator did such a good job of watching all the lip flaps and making sure counting the syllables, making sure it worked that mm-hmm. we don't have to rewrite anything mm-hmm. and there's been some scripts where we definitely had to rewrite them no matter what because occasionally there's a line that just doesn't work or it ends up opening on a vowel sound and they can't end on a consonant and you've got to try some tricks and, mm-hmm. and rewrite it and there's even been times where something gets completely rewritten i was once at the studio early in the morning and we had to record something and i did a voice for it and the director says no i don't like this and he went outside smoked a cigarette came back in and he rewrote the whole thing (laughs) and he just he just rewrote the entire now that doesn't happen very often but occasionally that happens like if you've ever heard of the show ghost stories Mm -hmm. uh ghost stories is pretty infamous for being totally rewritten and it's like a parody of the original anime oh Um, yeah 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 i think i have heard of that yes uh yeah yeah there's like nothing like is the same at all <laughs> exactly exactly so and, I, and you know that's not a common thing at all but um but sometimes yeah you have to be a little creative and you have to rewrite uh some lines to to make something fit and make it work and sometimes we've, we've tried a few times in, in a row just gotta get it right but yeah that happens that's what interesting i didn't know that right because just because you kind of watch hope that they try to stick to the original sub but you know so i guess sometimes you got to change the words and certain things or you know it, it may it may not be it may not you know when you translate japanese directly to english sometimes it ends up being a lot longer than it needs to be and and we may not we may not um 
there's idiomatic things too. It's like you you don't necessarily uh, say the same words, or if you if you use certain phrases or certain terms, you know, it's, the cultures are different to where yeah. you need to just kind of adapt it in a way to something more American when you do the dub that we are going to understand a little bit better culturally than you know you may understand the words but they're being used in ways that you don't understand as well mm -hmm. so it's it's um yeah so uh, translators have have their work cut out for them. yeah because i have noticed uh sometimes like the um, for instance in uh one piece uh the uh actor for kinemon in uh yes. the uh sub his voice is very deep and more serious and whatnot but then right. In in the uh, dubbed, he's more he's like a lot more um, upbeat. Like, yes, sir, I yeah. am I am Keating Bond, and I am the, the you know it's a little bit more uh -huh. uh, <laughs> a little more proper. He's, he's, more, he's more high pitched and upbeat than the, the uh, more than the serious Japanese guy. Right, and I was like, that's weird. <laughs> it's yeah, yeah, that difference. Yeah, yeah. but again, yeah. you know, you may you may get an actor in there who just. He has a different energy than the uh, as an actor mm -hmm. than the uh, Japanese actor did, and so you don't have to be completely strict to matching it. But you start that as a base, and depending on the director, and depending on the show, and depending on the scene, they can just decide let's go a slightly different direction with this. You've got a little bit of a freedom to do that, just like in movies. You know, when you remake a movie or you, mm -hmm. you have different actors do certain roles in plays. Right. Um, there's nothing about the character. You have to stick to certain things about the character and their personality and their motivation, but the way they talk and the way they present themselves can be can be some can you've got a range to kind of work and play with. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's that's real interesting. Okay. Yeah. Um, let's see what time. Okay, looks like we're uh, about making time. So um, let's okay. go. Let's go ahead and give everybody your social media, so that way they can go and uh, follow you. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Okay. Well, you, I've got a website called JohnGramion.com, and you can look there to see just some of my work. You can check out and see uh, which convention appearances I'll be making. I, I keep that pretty, pretty, uh, pretty up to date. Mm -hmm. uh, on Instagram, I'm just John, I'm just at JohnGramion. Uh, I'm not on Twitter anymore, but I've got TikTok, which is JGrimVA for voice actor, just JGrimVA. Um, those are the big ones. Uh, I'm also on Cameo if people ever want to. Oh, by the way, on my on my website, there's a store where if you don't see me at a convention and you want to get a print, you want to get a signed print, I will custom sign uh, at a store on my website. You can uh, click on a print. You can pick which one you want. I can sign it for you and mail it to you directly. Uh, a lot of people do that. Um, there's always Cameo, and let's see what my, I'll look it up right here because I forgot at the <laughs> moment exactly who I'm called on Cameo, but if you go by my name, I'm going to type it in. What is that one? Uh, yeah, just look up John Grimion on just my full name on, on Cameo, and uh, I do, I do uh, some Cameo for people, and that's about it. Those are my, those are my meads. <laughs> okay great and also guys don't forget to follow trap anime at trap anime podcast um on instagram also on youtube and uh facebook um and uh next convention we will be at weebcon so don't, that would oh, be cool that would be in april april 7th april 7th so don't forget awesome. to get your tickets guys uh, it's gonna be a lot a lot more voice actors lined up um i 
Wish I wish you could be there. <laughs> that would be yeah, awesome. No, yeah, yeah, we, we found is not on my calendar. I'm gonna be. Let's see. Where am I in April? I'm a few places in April. Um, but I think I'm going to. I think that's the one weekend I might have off in April. Mm. But I'm going to Bold City Con and Anime Town, Utah, and Triad Con in April. I'm pretty busy. Yeah. But WeebCon, one of the one of these days will be at WeebCon. Yeah, it would have been nice to have you there because uh, the voice yeah, no of kidding. Shanks and Jones the voice of uh, Zoro is going to be there. So it would been like to have all three out there, uh, you got to have <laughs> That would have been some signatures right yeah, they've there. Got a lot, they've got a lot of cool people showing up there. Yeah, Kyle Aber is going to be there, Brian Drummond, Kellen Goff. Bryce Pappenbrook, Sean Schimmel. They got a bunch of people who are going to be They do. It's usually pretty. The lineup's pretty pretty big. For yeah, it's part. pretty intense. That's awesome. Yeah, so I want to thank okay. you once again for uh, being on the podcast, and we do appreciate you, man. It was a great pleasure speaking with My you. My pleasure. All right, My guys. pleasure. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it. No problem. Thank you again. All right, guys, and we are out of here. Bye. Bye.